welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. I am so excited for another episode, and I just wanted to bring on my friend, and I'm going to introduce her in a second. But what's really cool about this woman, her name is Kim Bowie. She, I, I've known of her, but we weren't really, you know, close friends. But years ago, when your situation was happening, Kim, with your son, and that's what I brought you on the show to talk about, I just, you know, I wasn't very, you know, involved in the situation. I know that I would, you know, pray here and there, but I, I wasn't really like one of your close friends at that time. But what I remember thinking after all of this was over was this woman's faith is how she overcame and how she got to the result that she has in her life now. So I just bring on ninja warriors, women and people of faith who are doing great things in the kingdom and great things in their health. And I, you know, you're one of them. And so I would just want to introduce you. So. Kim Bowie is a wife. She is an amazing mother of three and a grandma to the cutest two-year-old girl on the planet in Meridian, Idaho. And she's been in business for over 20 years as an independent contractor with Pampered Chef. And four years ago, she added Realtor to one of the hats that she wears. She's been a worship leader in the Valley for over two decades and is no stranger to big trials. And obviously, I wanted to bring her on the show so you could hear her story and how she fought and won this battle. So, Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to ask you questions that come to mind. So tell us a little bit about yourself and um, have you always been a strong woman of faith? Let's start there. Yeah, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home here in um uh, in Boise and have, you know, known, uh, I met the Lord at an early age. I was, um, technically, I believe I was three, but then I went forward at a vacation Bible school when I was seven to make sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I was saved and born again, um, got baptized. And, uh, uh, and, um, anyway, I've always been a competitive person. And so growing up in Sunday school, um, and God just gifted me with a great memory. Like I love to, um, memorize scripture. I mean, mainly I was doing it for the candy and the prizes that you got, <laughs> but, uh, it laid an amazing foundation that God really breathed upon when I truly encountered him, um, in my early twenties. Um, even though I knew the Lord before I would say that, um, that I, I didn't really encounter him. Um, until I was in my early 20s. And it's just been an adventure ever since. Wow. I love that. So you grew up in a Christian family and were you like always at the same church or? 
Yeah. In fact, um, in uh, all my years, I've only attended two churches, the one that I grew up in, uh, which was called Eustic Baptist, and now it's, the name has been changed, and then the church that I'm currently at, which is Capital Church here in Meridian. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that. That's so cool. And then when did you start leading worship? Was it at, you know, your first? You year? know, I um, I had my first solo when I was three years old at Eustic Baptist, <laughs> which I don't remember that, but it's in my baby book, so it must be true. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I've grown up. I, um, I've, I've always loved to sing and God has gifted me with a voice and he's developed it over the years, um, which is a beautiful thing. And so so I've, um, so as long as I've been in church, I've been involved in um, worship and or singing in some capacity, um, and then it's just grown from there. So wow, I love that. That's so cool. All right, well, I would just love to get into the episode, and I want my audience to hear your story. Um, so let's give a little bit of a backstory leading up to what happened. Yes. Well, um, I have never, I had, I, you know, I was so, I, so blessed, never really known anyone personally, um, like in, uh, uh, in my family or my close friends that had walked through a cancer battle. I've heard about it. And obviously I knew people, but they were a little bit more distant. And so cancer was a very, um, uh, foreign land to me. It wasn't nothing that I expected, nothing, um, that I anticipated, uh, was afraid of or anything like that. Uh, but uh, what ended up happening was um, then we were we were shocked really to find out that my son was diagnosed with leukemia in at the end of July, early August of 2013. Okay. And so at the time he um, his name is Clay, and at the time he was 13 years old. So yeah, so it came as a complete shock. Um, he had been experienced some symptoms earlier the week, just some. Uh, he was a little bit tired and then developed a fever, had a little bit of a disturbing episode the day before, uh, the day that we took him to the doctor, which was the day before of diagnosis uh, in the morning where he, uh, well, I woke up to hear him calling out for me and he was uh, saying, I can't see you, mom. It reminded me of a little house on the prairie episode that I used to always watch when I was crying. He's like, I can't see mom. He was holding a glass of water and he tragically, it, you know, it like, fell to the ground and shattered. I mean, it was very dramatic. Um, and he fell to the ground. I caught him at the same time. So at the time, I had no idea what was going on. I knew he, uh, I you know, um, discovered immediately that he had a fever um, or that he felt feverish. And I called 911 because I didn't know what was happening. Um, uh, he passed out, but he came to shortly, uh, you know, right away. And uh, Anyway, so yeah, so um, we canceled the paramedics and, you know, just kind of waited as far as, but, but we took them into the doctor a little bit later on that day. <laughs> so, and then what did they do? So they, um, you know, they did ran a whole bunch of, uh, quite a few batteries of tests. I think they did blood tests. They did, um, you know, they were asking him all kinds of questions about his appetite. You know, they, uh, the doctor that we saw, um, our regular doctor was not in. And so it was a different doctor, but he was super kind, um, man. And, and he's like, you know, maybe did you get bit by any mosquitoes? It was the summertime, you know, potentially this could be West Nile. This could be, you know, you know, different. Um, he didn't have any definitive word. He just, you know, said it ran a bunch of tests, couldn't really come to any sort of determination and then said, well, just, you know, if he starts feeling better, no worries, you know, we'll just keep going 
And uh, um, if he feels like he's getting worse or, or, or if he has any sort of emergency episode, then call the ER, you know, just call us the next day, et cetera. So, um, so anyway, we had arranged for a follow-up appointment at that time uh, for the following day. And uh, when, when that, when our doctor would be back um, and he, you know, and he said, if it's, if he's fine, then just cancel it. No worries. So um, the next day he was fine uh, or, you know, he wasn't, didn't seem to be any worse or, but he still was, you know, feverish and lethargic. And so, um, so we went back for the appointment, but, uh, you know, again, no expectation of anything like cancer. Mm. However, what is significant is what happened that night, um, the night before what would be the, um, the diagnosis. So this was the day that we had gone to see the doctor initially. Uh, and that night I had um, gone and done a pampered chef party um, at somebody's home. And on my way home, it just was a beautiful summer night, mm -hmm. um, warm, and it just my favorite kind of nights. Uh, but anyway, when I got home, everybody in the house was asleep. Um, and I walked in the door and I heard not an audible voice in, in, um, in my, an audible voice, but it was in my mind. I distinctly heard, um, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Mm. And I immediately was familiar with that scripture from John 14. And I, um, uh, to walk into my house, you look at, at, from the garage, there's a bathroom on the right-hand side. So I could, I looked and I saw myself in the mirror and I'm like, Hmm, I don't know why I have a reason to be troubled or afraid, but okay, Lord, if you're telling me not to be troubled or afraid, I will not be troubled or afraid. So I went in and I put my things away and and again, the house was quiet. So I just took the opportunity to kind of um, uh, unwind by, I, uh, I was going to turn on the TV and, you know, watch a little something until I got tired enough to go to sleep. So I go to our family room and I sit down on the couch and I hear again, not audibly, but in my spirit, I distinctly hear this sickness is not unto death. And I was like, Oh, it, you know, that kind of stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, well, that's odd. Why, why would you say that to me, Lord? You know? What sickness are you talking about? Who are you talking about? And, you know, you might think that because we had the episode with Clay and we had gone to the doctor earlier that I might immediately gravitate towards my son, Clay, but I didn't. I thought that we were dealing with just some sort of a weird summer virus. I didn't think anything of it. Um, and uh, uh, and so I, you know, a friend of mine, I, I had a friend actually at that time who had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. So I was like, oh, well, Lord, you must be talking about this friend of mine. Um Yes, it's not unto death. Amen. In Jesus' name, you know. And so then I went and went back to my business. Well, finally, I get to, I go to bed and I'm just laying in bed. And it's again such a beautiful night. And I just am filled with all this Thanksgiving. But my mind had gone to a place that I had often gone, um, which was, you know, I think particularly maybe because these who knows, the, the Holy Spirit was just on me <laughs> at that moment. But I just started thinking about the words of Jesus when he said, when he said, you know, you will do even greater things than I did because I go to the father. And, and I just pondered on that because it, it just really bothered me that, you know, why, especially Christians, you know, why are, why is there so much sickness? Why is there so much disease? Um, you know, why are we not conquering these things? You know, when Jesus walked on the earth, he, you know, uh, had authority over all sickness. He had authority over all disease. He, you know, people were healed. Everyone that came to him that had faith to be healed was healed. Yep. Um, he didn't turn anyone away. And, and so I just was like questioning the Lord. 
And I had, and this is not the first time that I questioned the Lord about this, but it's the first time I ever got an answer. And all of a sudden I'm laying there and I just received what I can only describe as a download. And the Lord says to me, um, don't receive anything that I have, that I have not given to you. Sickness is not a gift. It does not belong to you. The power of life and death is in your tongue and those that love it will eat of its fruit, which is Proverbs 18. And I'm just sitting there receiving this. And I, I just, my mind started going to all these places like, oh my gosh, um, I grew up in a church where, where many of the Christians, wonderful people, they believed that sickness was a lesson from God. It was just the trials and tribulations that we had to go through that it, you know, the, these are things, you know, it, it was a test, you know, all this sort of stuff. So that was part of my upbringing um, and something that I believed in here. God is telling me, no, it, it's not a gift. It doesn't belong to you. Um, and the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I just heard, like, I, I heard all these voices, like people saying things like I'm bipolar or I have cancer or I am, you know, um, uh, ADHD, you know, all these things, you know, I have loop, all the, all the different things. And I realized, oh my gosh, we are taking possession with our tongues of the very things that God never gave to us and meant us meant to happen. Um, Mark eleven twenty four says, Jesus says, you will have what you say. And I realized in that moment, oh my goodness, we are receiving these um, conditions, sicknesses, things in our bodies that God never intended for us to have, but we are taking them on with the, and, and with the power of our tongues that carry not only the power of life, but also the power of death. So the next day when that, um, doctor who happened to be a friend of mine actually said, I, I don't even know how to tell you this, but the, but the blood test came back and it looks like leukemia even though it hit me like a ton of bricks, like a tsunami, I describe it, hit me like a tsunami. And the same, at the same time, I felt as though I were shielded from the weight because I immediately knew that what God had spoken to me the night before was, was because of what was happening today in this moment. He had spoken, he had given the strategy. This sickness was not unto death. He had a solution. Um, we were coming through this storm and we were going to be victorious. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this that number one, God is so good to prepare you. Like he already had deposited that deposited that spirit of faith in you and already like had put that shield up like no, I'm going to win this battle. And I love that. Like that is just such a testimony of God's love for you and for your family. Like wow. I yeah. love that. Okay, continue on. This is so good. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was a very, it was, so that was in 2013 and, um, the, you know, so we went through, it, it was T cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia that clay was diagnosed with, which carried for a 13 year old boy, carried a three year protocol, <laughs> which, um, was like, what three, three years we're going to have to be going through this. Lord, I, I mean, um, are you sure, you know, like, is it, are you anyway, but, uh, but it carries a three-year protocol. Um, the first nine months are aggressive, um, cancer treatment. And then you go into the last two years as a maintenance program, which is very, very minimal. And so, 
just by faith. I mean, we literally sought the Lord. I, you know, prior to going, um, you know, to uh, when they were figuring everything out, we spent a, a week um, in the hospital initially. Um, but I was like, Lord, do you want us to go through chemotherapy? Is this your plan? Yeah, I mean, are, are we supposed to do something else? And uh, just through a series of events, God just confirmed that, yeah, this is the way, the direction that we're supposed to go. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so we went through the nine months and Clay went through it. He went through it like a champ. Um, he wasn't able to attend school during that year. Everything had to be done online. Um, but he made it to maintenance the following, the following spring. And then we went into that maintenance program, which is very, very minimal. I mean, it was almost like, uh, I, we just felt like, praise God, cancer is under our feet. We're just going to, you know, walk this out and it's going to be done. Um, the, so then the summer of 2015, uh, we went on a vacation we came back and Clay had been, you know, just battling something like, like there was a cough, he, you know, was feeling a little bit tired. Um, the, you know, the doctors were aware they had checked it, checked it out. Couldn't really pinpoint anything. Um, but, uh, in early July, um, it was discovered that the leukemia had relapsed. And so now we were back in the thick of the battle and I, and actually that hit me harder than even the initial diagnosis, because initially, you know, I, I was still on that high. I had that, that experience, um, with the Lord and that download, but this was so unexpected. I, again, I thought it was under our feet. I didn't think it was an issue anymore. It was nothing. And now here, here we were back in the thick of the battle. And I don't know if the, um, uh, the thoughts around surrounding leukemia and cancer have changed, but what at the time, what they believed as far as the doctor team is, is that, you know, uh, leukemia will continue to come back, even if we put it in remission through chemotherapy again, unless you get a bone marrow transplant. So we were recommended for a bone marrow transplant in 2015 clay. Um, they don't, they, at the time they didn't do those types of transplants here in the area. So we had to go to, um, Seattle and that was when the real thick of the battle, I, you know, um, the transplant, or I should say the initial diagnosis of leukemia chemotherapy was a walk in the park compared to what we dealt with, with in transplant. Mm -hmm. And when you go to, um, uh, to transplant, the expectation is, is that you will, rem um, you go in a month prior for workups, you have the transplant, which is actually only just an infusion. It's not, it's not any sort of a surgery or anything like that. But you have transplant and then you remain in that city um, for a minimum of 100 days before they will let you to be monitored before they will let you go home. So that was our expectation. But as it turns out, um, with what Clay went through, we were actually there for almost an entire year. And we were seven months inpatient in the hospital, um, all told during that season. Um, there were a couple times where we would be able to get out, but seven months of that year in 2016 and, and the end of 2015, we were inpatient in the hospital and it was absolutely brutal. Um, but uh, fast forward and God is so faithful and, uh, um, and really the, the all told the heat of the battle lasted for a period of seven years. Um, because there was an aftermath, even after we came home, I kind of liken it to, you know, after there's a war um, uh, that, you know, there's so much damage done to the landscape, there has to be a reconstruction period. 
uh, where there's a rebuilding and, um, you know, restoring. And so when we came out, we were still dealing with the aftermath of the devastation that had occurred from the war that had taken place in Clay's body. And uh, and so it wasn't until 2020, the middle of 2020, right during the height. I, I think it's funny. I, I love how God is. The height of 2020, that God broke the back of the enemy once and for all over Clay because he had been dealing with a lot of things even prior uh, after coming home. Um, he broke that back, and ever since Clay has been um, Clay has been thriving and uh, doing amazing. So praise God! Oh, praise God! That is amazing. Well, okay. So talk to us about the way that you fought, because I've always been intrigued by your your level of faith, and I know that that's a gift from the Lord. But it's just it's so yeah. powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, the um, the Bible says, or I believe it's Romans 10, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So earlier when I mentioned how I love to memorize scripture and and that was something that kind of, I, I, you know, is a gift in, in some ways, I think, as far as like exercising memory and having a good memory. And this, the Bible says that, um, uh, you know, in Ephesians 6, it talks about uh, putting on the full armor of God and standing um, for when the day of evil comes and standing against the principalities and, and the um, forces of darkness and evil in the heavenly realms. But one of the things that I love about the, about the armor of God is most of it is defensive, right? You've got the helmet of salvation. You've got the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the, the shoes. I mean, these are deep, they're defending you. The shield of faith is defend, uh, is defending you, but there is an offensive weapon. And that is the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. And so, um, and so that was something that, that was the way that I fought. Um, I did not have trust in the chemotherapy. I didn't have trust in, um, any sort of a lifestyle or eating, uh, e you know, eating program or anything like that. My trust was in the word of God and, um, and I continually wielded it. Uh, and I think it's so important too when you're praying and when you're speaking or, or and when when you're praying to speak um when you pray this is the this is the lord's prayer when you pray say our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name you know thy kingdom come the word is meant to be spoken um you know god can read my mind he can hear my unspoken prayers and he acts upon them and whatnot but the enemy hears my spoken prayers. Mm -hmm. And so they do damage to the enemy's camp, not to mention it's full circle because as I hear the word of God, more faith is infused into me. And as I wield that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, it quells the doubts that the enemy is trying to bring into me. Like, well, nothing's happening. It doesn't look like he's getting better. Um, they still, they still say, you know, this is what the doctors say, or this is what the symptoms look like. And then I can apply the word and say, no, but this is what God says. And he is not a man that he should lie. He said, this sickness is not unto death and therefore it is not unto death. And I am going to believe the word of God. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because that's a struggle to, to simply to believe, right? But I saw it so clearly like two, like a path, uh, like a road with two forks in it. And I could believe the word of God or I could believe the statistics. Because actually the, st the statistics for T-cell, A-L-L are pretty good. Like 80% 
of, of kids come through it. Um, the, uh, and maybe it's even more now, I don't know, but, um, but the statistics are pretty good, but you know what, even in, with high statistics, 80, 85%, that still means that 10 to 15 did not. Um, and so there, that's a shifting sand, but God's word was clear. Um, and there's so many scriptures that we stood on, you know, by his stripes. I love this one You know, in Isaiah, it says by his stripes, we are healed. It doesn't say we might be healed. It doesn't say we may be healed. It doesn't say when you get to heaven, we'll be healed. It says we are healed. That is our reality. It is part of what I call the salvation package. And so I, um, God gave me this quote. It's from Joseph Prince um, shortly into the battle, but I've stood on it ever since. And, and even now um, that uh, he says, there might be symptoms in your body, but they are not truth. God's word is truth. And he says, by his stripes, you are healed. And so in the midst of when everything screams that that's not true, that's when we go back to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you say? And, you know, is there, what should I be doing? Is there anything that I should be doing um, in order to, you know, uh, just come back to this this place of faith, this reality that, hey, we are already healed. In fact, that was one of the things right from the very beginning. Um, I had a, a hashtag on a social media that was clay is healed. And I had a lot of people that, you know, private messaged me and said, oh, he's healed? Is the, did the doctor say this? Did the test come back? And I was like, no, we have a greater authority. God has already said that he is healed. And therefore, that is what we stand on until, you know, regardless of what the doctors say. Faith, it's the evidence of the things that you can't see, right? If you can see it, it's not faith. Um, and so the substance of the things that we hope for, the evidence of the things that we can't see. Oh, hallelujah. That is, <laughs> amen. That is exactly how... I have been winning my battle too. It's because of God's word. I want to take a quick break from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that's getting a lot of attention around the world. Now, most of you who watch me on my social media, I'm sure have heard me talk about it. It's a molecule that educates your immune system to help your body recognize a threat and respond to it by taking it out. It makes your immune system 437% smarter, and it activates your natural killer cells. It also does more than that, but for the sake of time, I won't get into all the details of what it does. However, I just heard from a panel of doctors, and what struck my attention was they said that if you have a weakened immune system, that is how disease is able to enter in. But if you have a strong immune system, well, let's just say tumors are unaccepted. They are not able to grow. If your immune system is strong, I want to encourage you, if you are curious about what this immune system molecule could do for your health and taking your health next level, email me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. The Bible says that it's the sword of the spirit, okay? Mm -hmm. So if our Bible is a sword, 
and it's mm-hmm. sharper than any two-edged sword like it speaks of, then why aren't more Christians using the word of God to slay our enemies? Right, like, right. Sir. And so I feel like I want to disrupt yes. the, the Christian you know, world or even people and say, hey, you guys are missing an important tool here. If you have any sort of you know, disease or issues in your body or right. even trials in general, we need to be using the sword of the spirit. That's how we are going to win. So that's yeah. why I knew I had to have you on my show because yeah. we are like-minded and I know for a fact that is how you've won. It's the yeah. word of God and it's so powerful. So, yeah. Amen. Okay. okay. So how, you know, could you tell us like, what would you say would be like a, um, you know, a way that you battled fear and doubt specifically? Mm. Well, you know, God is so good um, because literally in the in the probably 10 years or so prior to uh, this battle that we face, um, God, uh, I let, it, it's like it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. God delivered me from a spirit of fear. Uh, when I was 19, I actually uh, went to live in Seattle for my, my I was going to go find my fortunes and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I ended up being there for one month and, uh, and what ended up happening was in the middle of the night, I had roommates, but my roommates were all out, you know, partying or doing whatever. And somebody came into our home and I woke up with a knife to my throat and, um, someone on the top of me that, you know, uh, anyway, it, it was a, it was an armed robbery essentially is what it was. And, uh, and so anyway, praise God. I, you know, other than a few bruises, I was not hurt. I was not raped. He protected me in the midst of that, but that event, what I didn't know at the time planted a spirit of fear within me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was bound by fear and it was interesting the way that it manifested over the years, because it started, you know, kind of, uh, as I, as God began to uh, deliver me from fear after fear after fear, it started with you know, a fear of being alone at night, um, and not being able to sleep if I was home alone and, um, just being, uh, being filled with fear and whatnot. But God, um, through his great love, he, uh, uh, he just began to deliver me. And then once one fear would be delivered, I, it, it reminded me of like the children of Israel in the promised land, right? They went and they defeated the city of Jericho. And then there was another city and then there was another city and another city. And that's how the Lord did it with me. There was that fear of being home alone at night. Then there was a fear of flying on an airplane there, you know, all sorts of fear up up to like the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, you know, all these things that God just delivered me from one by one. And so I had come through that battle and going into this next battle, I was so familiar with battling fear. I knew that half of this sickness battle would be the spirit of fear. So there were things that I did um, intentionally and not everybody has to do this. And, uh, but this was things that I had to do. Like I, I was not a WebMD person. I did not go out and Google. I did not want to have in my mind anything that the enemy could use to build up fear or to, you know, we are, are so susceptible. I think, you know, sometimes we get in these groups and I think even what you said, how, why do Christians put up essentially with sickness or succumb or all these things, oftentimes it's because we all kind of think the same way, right? We're Americanized, we're cultured to, we're conformed and we don't even realize it to the pattern of this world, which says that there are certain diseases that are curable and then there are things that are not. And we accept that as the truth. Um, and, and we, so I did not want anybody else's 
uh, negative stories in my head or any uh, thing like, oh, this is going to happen to Clay. This Clay, this is what's going to, this is what you can expect. I was like, uh-uh, we're not going to expect anything um, just because it happened to somebody else. You are totally different. We're going to expect the goodness of God. And so those were just things that I did to to guard myself against fear. Now, uh, uh, you know, again, that was, um, that was, uh, I, I would not watch any, I've stopped. In fact, I still haven't gone to, but I don't watch any movies where about cancer patients that die. Like, I just don't do that. I can't. Um, I, it's, it, it, cause it plants something within me, uh, that is feeds fear and doubt. And I, and I don't want anything to do with that. And so, yeah, so definitely half the battle is keeping fear at bay. But the beautiful thing is God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us power. He gives us love and he gives us a sound mind. And he commands, he commands, he says, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God. So when I would feel fear, when I would feel anxiety, I would say, no, in the name of Jesus, I shut the door. I refuse you anxiety. You are not welcome here. God did not give you. I do not receive you. I receive power. I receive love. I receive a sound mind. Oh, I love that. Amen. So good. So do you have a favorite scripture or oh. would you say, I mean, I know there's many. Well, I, I want to say what would, you know, what would you say is like, like one or two, like you knew it was a rhema word sent from the Holy Spirit to you to stand on? What would you say? Yeah. Well, you know, and, um, those that do not be, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. It, that was literally one of them. The sickness is not unto death was another. Um, and I will say this too, like I had this, it was like the Holy fear of the Lord. Like if I were to fear, that would be sin. You know, fear is one of those things that, um, that we tolerate like, Oh, everybody, you know, it, we're all, we all get afraid. And it's true. You know, most of us are, get afraid of some, uh, at some point or level. But for me in that season, that would have been sin. There was just like this command from the Lord, like, don't be afraid. And so, um, and so, anyway, so the, so there was that by his, by his stripes, we are healed. That was something that we stood on. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God is my ever-present help in times of trouble. Um, he's a refuge. Um, he's my healer. He heals all of my diseases. Uh, there were so many that we stood on, um, but those are a couple of my favorites that come to mind. Oh, I love this. So, oh my goodness. For those of you who are listening in, I hope that you are being fueled with faith right now yes. listening to Kim. Okay, so I have another question. What would you say was the hardest thing overall about this battle that you had to endure? Um, you know, the definitely that season where we were in Seattle, um, for so many reasons. We were separated from our family. We were separated from our church family, uh, friends. We were totally isolated. Um, and it just was... Uh, and and it was heavy, heavy artillery, uh, so to speak, as far as what Clay was experiencing in his body. Um, 
but, uh, but yeah, so that was definitely, you know, there at one point, you know, at the same time though, so interesting how God is just so near. I mean, I, I just remember like that, um, I'm, I'm not sure when the ocean song came out, the Hillsong ocean song came out, but, um, but that bridge that says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Um, let me walk upon the water wherever you would call me. I felt that so keenly in this season because the problem was, you know, one of the things that I had held onto when we initially went there was, oh, well, we are going to get to come home after a hundred days. But then a hundred days came and went, and then there was another month and there, and there was no end in sight. It literally felt like we were out in the middle of the ocean with no hint of land and no idea when, you know, we would be able to get back to a place of land. Um, but you know, it's in times, times like that, that, that God just, you know, he doesn't leave, you know, even though nobody else could be there necessarily, he doesn't leave. And he provided, um, uh, times of respite and manna and, and he was so near even throughout all of that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I still don't know to this day why it was so, why it took so long and why it was so brutal. Um, but again, you know, God never left us. And I knew that we had to, um, get back. I, we knew, I knew we had to get, you know, get back to, um, our family and, uh, you know, even just this area, I believe is a, a valley of health. There is a, there is healing in this area. I knew we had to get back. And finally, we were able to do that. (laughs) And so, yeah. I love that you look back and you can just see the goodness of God, like all Mm -hmm. over your situation. Right. And and I think that's so important because sometimes when we're in it, it's like, you know, all we can see is like the smog and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it just feels like so much defeat sometimes. But then looking back, you're like, wow. God, you really did come through in multiple ways. And sure. it's beautiful. Like, I don't know. I, I know I told you before, but I just like, you just carry this anointing and this beautiful mm-hmm. fragrance of the Lord. And it's almost like maybe it had to, the battle had to endure even more so that you could become even more of a beautiful fragrance to the Lord. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is I remember, and this was, um, probably in the spring of 2015, maybe late spring. Uh, and I was leading worship that day. And at the end of the service, they had like an altar type time. And I was up on the platform and just filled with the joy of the Lord. Um, and I looked out across the congregation as the pastor was praying. Um, and I saw, I saw clay sitting out, my eyes like were drawn. He was sitting like in the second row and he was just worshiping God. And I just was filled with such gratitude and such thanksgiving and such pride, you know, um, after all he'd been through there, he was, uh, you know, in the second row with his hands lifted and, and just uh, praising God. And in that moment, the Holy spirit whispered to me and said, will you give me your son? And I was like, I, I was like, did was that you, Lord? Did, did I just hear you right? And I, I, was, I didn't know what he meant. And I was confused. And it, honestly, like my heart started beating really, you know, I was like, I started feeling fear. Um, and I was like, Lord, what, what, what's that? Is that you? You know, um, 
And I heard it again. Will you give me your son? And I was like, I, I thought I had given you my son. You know, we had him dedicated when he was a baby. And and of course, you know, he's yours. I I gave, you know, I thought I thought I did. Why are you asking me this? And and again, it just made me feel so uncomfortable. And I was just kind of like wrestling with the Lord, you know, inside that time. And I finally just came to him like, Lord, I don't know why you're asking this. This makes me really uncomfortable. But yes, if, you know, yes, I give him to you. Uh, absolutely. I don't know what this means. I don't know why you're asking this. And again, and then a couple months later, the relapse occurred. And I have to confess that, you know, the reason for my fear is because I thought that, uh, you know, because of the, because of my lack of trust in the Lord, you know, that, that shows, reveals my lack of trust in the Lord, like, oh, is God going to do something bad? You know, um, if I, if I give him to him, you, 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 can I trust him? Um, and I have to admit that when, you know, after the relapse, I, again, I was, I literally was flat backed, um, physically in my faith, uh, emotionally after that relapse and, and a thought, the thought came to my mind and I, re I immediately rejected it, but the thought was like, oh Lord, is this what you meant? Like, you're going to just, is this what, what, what in the world is going on? You know, I had these, these, uh, um, I don't know, uh, uh, negative thoughts towards God. And, and that's something that I wrestled with that second go around too. I mean, there was a time uh, in that, in May of 2016, when we were still in Seattle, the, the, the song in, in the church, if you will, that was popular all over the country was uh, good, good father. And I just remember being like, Lord, are you a good, good father? Look what is happening with Clay. Why are you allowing this? What is going on? Why are our prayers not working? You know, what, what's happening? You're supposed to be good. And I don't know if you are. Well, finally, the week before, the, actually it was a few days before um, we were getting ready to go home in October of that same year, I'm sitting and I'm just marveling, you know, at, at the goodness of God, like, oh, thank you, Jesus, we get to go home. I'm so grateful. And it was just a moment of peace. And I just felt the, the presence of God. And all of a sudden, he brought me back to that moment on the platform where he said, will you give me my son? Mm. And in that moment, I had that knowledge. He's, he, he's like, you had to give me your son because I was the only one that could take care of him. I was the only one that could bring him through the, the onslaught that the enemy had assigned against him. If you hadn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to come through. Mm. And I was like, oh Lord, wow. you know, I had assigned like an evil intent to God, but what actually he was doing is he was protecting that which was so precious and bringing him through in spite of the enemy's intention um, to kill him and to wipe him off the face of the planet. And, and it just, so I just say that because I know many of you who are listening are going through a battle of your own. Give yourself, surrender yourself to the Lord. He is able, he's able and he's willing to bring you through. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Fear no evil. He is with you. In fact, he's even preparing a table for you in the presence of your enemies. They just have to look and they just have to be mad. There's nothing that they can do about it because God is with you. And if God is for you, 
who can be against you? So whether it's you, whether it's a family member, whether um, I, you just surrender yourself to the goodness of God, give him, give yourself completely to him, resolve to do whatever he tells you and nothing more, which is one other thing too that I, that I want to share to you, your listeners, Erica, is when we're in these desperate situations, I don't know about you, but my flesh is always like, well, what can I do? I got to do something. I got to fast. I got to pray. I got to, you know, uh, like, should I beat myself? You know, what can, What do I do to, to bring about the desired outcome or to bring about even what God said, you know? Um, and I was reminded during this season, there were several times where I was in that moment, like, what can I do, Lord? I'll do anything. Just tell me what to do. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of, um, this was my, my youngest son, uh, Clay's my middle son, my youngest son, when he was about eight years old, such an energetic kid. He was just, you know, all over the place. So fun. But one summer he just started like, like he'd been experiencing uh, cold symptoms, which I never thought anything about at the time. And, uh, anyway, but he started all of a sudden taking naps in the middle of the day. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. He like, he, re, you know, resistant sleep. And especially in the middle of the day, you know, there was just too much to go to do and to experience anyway. Um, and then I just noticed like this, the cough, it just wasn't going away. And I'm like, Lord, you know what is happening? And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, um, hearing him coughing and it just sounded weird. It sounded different. And I, I, um, I'm laying there and I'm asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, should I? And my intention was to say, should I take him to the doctor? And before I could even get the thought out, um, and this is again, the middle of the night, and this was in my mind before I, I, I feel this shout in my spirit saying, take him in. And it was like a shout in my spirit it was not audible. But I was like, I'd never experienced that before. So then I start getting a little bit scared, like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Wait, you know. Anyway, so I prayed it through because again, this by this time God had given me coping skills when I felt a fear or whatever. But um, but I prayed it through. And the next day I called my husband at work because he got up, he had to work really early, so way before I get up. But anyway, I called him. I'm like, Do you think I should take Marshall to the doctor? And um, he's like, I've been thinking you should take over the last couple of weeks. And I was like, wow, you never told me. Right. So, um, so we, the doctor that we had, which we obviously didn't go to that often, but anyway, the doctor that we had was way over on Boise Avenue and we live in Meridian, which is quite a distance for those of you who are not local. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go all the way out to Boise Avenue. Let, maybe we can find another doctor. So I called my friend, Julie, um, who is a PA, Erica knows Julie too. And uh, um, I called her office to see if maybe we could get her in with them. And they were like, uh, you know, Julie's out. We don't have any availability for the next few days. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I really felt like I should take him in that day. And so based on the experience from the night before, so um, I was like, well, let me see if I can call around. So my husband got a couple of recommendations and referrals from people at his work. I called one. They're like, we're not taking new patients. I called the other one. There's, they And they said, oh, the earliest that we have availability is in two weeks. And I was like, oh, man, well, okay, Lord, I, I guess I'll just call the Boise Avenue office because nothing else seems to be available. So I call that office and they're like, oh, yeah, we can get you in to see the previous doctor that we, you know, that delivered the babies. We can get you in this afternoon. Is that okay? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be great. So I take um, my youngest son in and she gives us lungs a listen. She's like, oh, yeah, sounds like pneumonia. 
Um, and, but I don't think we're going to have to hospitalize them. And I was like, oh my gosh, kids get hospitalized for pneumonia. Anyway, I was just clueless. So she asks me and she says, she says, um, is he allergic to any medications? And I was like, no, not that I'm aware of. And so, um, so she's like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and just give him this prescription. We'll see him in like a week or two, make sure everything's good and, and send you on your way. So she goes to type in the prescription to computer and she's like, oh, an alert came up. It looks like in 2003, he ha had an allergic reaction to amoxicillin. And I was like, he did? <laughs> I have no recollection of this, right? Um, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. So no problem. We'll just go ahead and prescribe this other medication that doesn't part of the penicillin family and, you know, move on, right? But uh, so that's what, that's what she did. We picked it up. He was fine within a couple of days, you know, follow up, all that sort of stuff. But I was reminded of that because had we gone to another doctor, I would not have remembered about the amoxicillin allergy or allergic reaction. And who knows what could have happened oh. to Marshall had the doctors prescribed something that didn't sit well with him. So I just saw the goodness of God. But it I was reminded about that throughout that season that, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, when I need you to do something, I'll let you know. Until then, just rest in faith. Rest in peace. You know, I, I feel like we need to take that back. That's not for dead people. That's for live people. Rest in peace. That is our mandate from the Lord. All is well, even when it looks uh, in the natural like nothing is well. And um, he will tell you if there's something that you want to do. You don't have to be striving and, you know, freaking out in the meantime. Oh my goodness. I love that you said that. I think that's so common. People are like, oh my gosh, it's like they're chasing after the healing yeah. and it becomes this, this cycle. And, you know, I've even had someone recently that said, well, I don't, you know, want to do X, Y, and Z because, you know, my disease is incurable. First of all, they said mm -hmm. my disease, secondly, they're taking God out of, you know, it's like, you can't do that. Like, and, and right. this person is a Christian. So right. it's like, there's so many Christians, like the Bible talks about in Hosea, that my people die for lack uh, of knowledge, like for lack of understanding even yeah. of how to use the Bible and how to sure. use the scriptures as the sword of the spirit. And the Bible says that we lack nothing, like we've been given everything we need for life and godliness, but are we going to tap into the source, the only Wise God, the only source that's out yes. there, which is Jesus Christ through the Holy yeah, Spirit. So I just, oh my gosh, I am in such alignment with you and with your faith and everything uh, that you've done and the Lord has done through you. And you were just a willing vessel. You know what I yeah. mean? So right. I know. Yeah. So, yeah. There was no other option. Like there, there just yeah. was no other option. I mentioned that fork in the road. Um, it's like, I'm sticking with the, with the Lord. Like that's a sure thing. Yeah. Um, and the other is not that. But as I know that we're probably getting ready to wrap up here as we do, um, for those, you know, you mentioned that that's so powerful what you just said and where people are talking about my disease, yeah. you know, and they've taken possession of it. And if that's you and you're hearing this for the first time, like what, what I don't have to receive what God doesn't give to me, mm. you know, um, I, I want you to know, number one, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're listening, you're hearing this at this time for a reason. So don't receive guilt and condemnation or, oh, I'm doomed because this has been my speech. I've been speaking death or agreeing with death or, or, or the will of the enemy over my life. Um, because if you have, 
uh, one of the things that we just started started doing immediately, guys, I was like, okay, Lord, um, you said we don't have to receive this, which means I reject it. Mm. And so if you have received something in your body that God didn't, didn't intend for you, whether it be a physical disease like cancer or whether it be um, a mental disease or a, uh, you know, any sort of disorder that God never intended for you, you can reject that. The, the power, the, that Proverbs 18, it says that life, um, you know, death, but, and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So you can begin to speak life and health over yourself. You can reject whatever um, sickness or disease that the enemy has put on you. I reject um, bipolar. I reject leukemia. I reject ovarian cancer in the name of Jesus. It does not belong to me. God didn't give it. I don't receive it. It has to flee. I think of it, my husband, uh, my whole family actually is in law enforcement. And I think of it like a little bit like um, a sheriff's eviction. Sometimes, uh, you know, when, if you have, uh, if you have a burglar in your house, you're not just going to sit and let that burglar stay in your house. You are going to call the sheriff and have them come and escort it off the property. But what happens is so often, you know, the enemy afflicts us with some sort of disease or infirmity or something. And we just let it sit in our house and take a rest. And we're like, no, you would never do that in the natural. Why are you allowing that? No, I'm going to do by everything. And yeah, maybe that enemy is too great for me. I'm going to call in my sheriff and that sheriff is going to evict them and get them out. And it doesn't mean that they're not going to go out with a fight. You know, the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. And so when you partner with God, you are the majority. And um, the Bible, he says, what does it say in James 4? Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he might flee. He, maybe he'll flee. No, he must flee. And so you have to just set your foot in the, in the sand. And and I know sometimes it takes longer than we want it to. That was definitely our story. It took a lot longer than we wanted to, but there was no other option than to continue going and continue believing God and continue to fight. I will never stop fighting. The good fight of faith, regardless of what happens. You know, even it, I, I think of the three children in the fire that had uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, um, God is going to save us. But even if he doesn't, I am going down, you know, you're, I'm going down fighting if that's the case. But God is so good and so faithful. And uh, um, and I believe it is your will, um, or God's will, I should say, God's will that you be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. That's so powerful. I love what you just said. When you partner with God, you are the majority. Oh, I love that. That's right. Wow. Well, can we just end this with prayer? Could you pray for my my audience? I know they would all love that. Yes, absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come. And Lord, we're just so thankful. God, we're so thankful for what you did on the cross for us. Lord, we're so thankful, God, that you gave everything, Lord. You gave up everything and you gave everything so that we could have what you have. Lord, you said, God, that uh, by your stripes, we are healed. And God, I am not willing, Lord, that your stripes be in vain. Mm -hmm. Those 39 stripes, God, with the cattail that shredded your back, Lord Jesus, that caused the skin, Lord, to be hanging, Lord, that I can't even imagine the pain that you endured. 
Lord, and your word says that it was all for our healing. Lord God, let us not be guilty of, of discounting that act of love and mercy, Father, express for our healing. And so right now, Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus. God, over everyone, Lord, who's hearing this, who's going through a cancer battle, who's walking with someone who's going through a cancer battle, Lord, we just declare that the blood of Jesus is enough, Father, for every sickness, every disease, every infirmity in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you have made these men and women more than conquerors, that they are overcomers in Christ Jesus. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, for Erica, Lord Jesus, that your blood is enough for her and her victory is sure. God, your, uh, that our faith is the victory. So Lord, we just, um, I pray, I pray a guard and a hedge of protection over, about, in, and through um, the precious men and women who are in the heat of the battle, Lord, over their faith. Lord God, that nothing would be able to touch it, Lord Jesus, but God, they would remain steadfast believing in you, that Lord God, you would hold them up as trophies, as shining examples of your glory. God, that your goodness and your mercy would follow them all of the days of their life. Lord, I pray long life. I pray long life over these overcomers, Lord Jesus. And Father God, um, wealth and riches and health and healing in Jesus' name. Lord, that every bit of residue, God, from their battle, whether they endured chemotherapy or not, God would be wiped away in the name of Jesus. Father, that strength would be their portion. Lord, that they would have glorious testimonies, Lord, that would be heard all over the world and that God would just break out a revival of healing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that your church um, would rise up, Father, that we would be as you were, Lord, as you are, so are we in the world, healing all and every disease in the name of Jesus by the laying on of our hands. And so, God, we bless you now. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, my goodness. So, so powerful. Oh, you're such a blessing. So I I know people are going to be drawn to you. Um, So where can they find you? Like on just you know, just to even be your friend, know about the things you do, pamphlets, yeah. all that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Kim Martinez Bowie. Um, I'm on Instagram and that is, uh, Kim Bowie, your PC realtor. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, no website as of yet, other than my business websites, but, um, but that was coming because I'm writing a book. And, uh, so, you know, so look for that in the future and, yeah. uh, um, and yeah, but in the meanwhile, I would love to connect with you on social media. And, uh, and so thank you so much, Erica, what a wonderful opportunity. Oh, thank you so much. I will be sure to, uh, link all your information in the show notes as well. So, all right. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.